I'm Jonathan Platt, and you're listening to Direct Line Conversations, the podcast. Nobody makes it to the top alone. Now, you don't even have to try. Your journey to a life filled with purpose and leadership fueled by confidence begins right now. This week, you've joined me for my conversation with 2021 Hall of Fame Outstanding Young Alumni Honoree Shahan J. Raja. Shahan serves as the college football editor and insider at Dave Campbell's Texas Football, affectionately referred to as the Bible of Texas Football, where he has established himself as one of the state's leading authorities on college football. He graduated from Baylor in 2016 and, in 2019, married fellow Baylor alum Bargavi, who's also a 2016 graduate. It's been my joy to grow personally and professionally with Shahan since our days at Deliriate, and I could not be more proud of what he's accomplished. So thanks for joining me to hear Shahan's story and celebrate him together as the Baylor family. Here's my interview with my dear friend, Shahan Jayaraja. Shahan, you are this year's Outstanding Young Alumni Honoree. Uh, and you and I went to Baylor together. We worked at the Lariat together, uh, and we've somehow remained friends throughout it all. Uh, but for those that don't know you, I'd like to give you a little chance to tell us about who you are, uh, what what uh, you know your life at Baylor looked like, what your careers looked like, and what your family and personal life uh, has looked like. Yeah, well, I, I think. Uh... Obviously, that's a big question, but, uh, you know, I think, first of all, I came to Baylor back in 2012. I graduated in 2016, so I guess what, we're coming up on five years at this point, which doesn't feel real, but that's a whole other thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, when I came into Baylor, I'm from I'm from Coppell, Texas, up in the Metroplex. Uh, you know, people might know it's kind of around Irving and Louisville, that area. Um, and, you know, growing up, I, I never thought that Baylor would be a place that I'd consider to go to college, right? Like, I think for me, I didn't really know a lot about it. It wasn't necessarily a place that was on my radar, but uh, this is a very on-brand story for me. The only reason that I came and toured Baylor is because they actually gave me a free basketball ticket in order to uh, in order to come and tour. They said, basically, if you come and tour, we will give you a free ticket. We'll give you a tour of campus uh, and you'll get like a free T-shirt, which I still have, by the way, and uh, and a free hot dog, right? And for me, I was like, I'm not going to consider Baylor. I, I don't necessarily think that that's, that that's the kind of place that I'd, I'd want to go. I just didn't know a lot about it. Um, you know, but I'll, I'll go and see some NBA players play, obviously, uh, you know, and Perry Jones and all of them back in, in 2012. And I came and it was just, it was just perfect. I felt it right away. You know, I obviously loved the way the campus looked, but one of the things I loved about it most was just the way that campus felt. And I think that, for me, you know, people seemed excited to be at Baylor. So when I came into Baylor, I had no intention of going into sports writing. Uh, I was planning on becoming a political science major. I was going to be a lawyer. It was all planned out. Uh, and then, you know, I joined the school newspaper and, and pretty quickly that changed. So, you know, for me, I joined it when I was a sophomore. I was kind of just looking for something to do, some, you know, something to to have some fun. And I'd gone to basically every single men's basketball game the year before that, because that's really my sports. Um, and I just immediately, I, I just went and did my first semester of it. And I was like, this is it, man. I, I, I'm good at this. It's so easy. It just comes so easy for me. Uh, and it was really cool for me to get to, to see other people kind of reading my work. It's not something I'd ever really considered before. And 
yeah, so I eventually changed my major to journalism. I, I worked for uh, about three years at the Lariat, and um, and since graduating, I've worked professionally as a sports writer for for the last again, I guess close to five years at this point. Um, starting out, I was at Cox Media Group uh, in Atlanta, and I worked for a Big 12 and SEC sites there over those two years there. And then in the last couple of years, I've worked at Dave Campbell's Texas Football, which for people who don't know, we're, we're sometimes described as the Bible of Texas football. And I work over there as their college football insider and editor. So day to day, I'm constantly going around the state. I, I actually technically cover all 47 schools that play football at the collegiate level in the state of Texas My with gosh. a special focus, obviously, on, on the Power Five and on the FBS, the kind of bigger schools. But it, it's been a real fun ride for me. And you know, so now I, I live up in Irving, not far from where I where I grew up, obviously, where my parents still live. Uh, and I live here with a, my wife, a fellow Baylor graduate. So a long-winded story, but, you know, I, I think that obviously Baylor's played such a central role in it. Yeah, yeah. I, um, You and I met, uh, I guess, in 2014. Yeah. You've been at the Lariat for, um, I guess, for I'd make year, it a yeah. year. Yeah, yeah. 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 And uh, you were the sports editor and uh, I was just a writer. And, uh, you know, we eventually eventually found our way into friendship. And now uh, <laughs> now you're here. You're here. And it's yeah. so cool. Uh, it's not only so cool to have gotten to uh, publish a friend of mine, as you did with a really great story on uh, Baylor's volleyball team and specifically the volleyball coach. Um, but it's it's especially cool to get to. Uh, interview my friend who is an honoree this year uh, for the organization that uh, I work in and or work for. And so what what is it meant to receive this outstanding young alumni award for you? Well, I think for me, as soon as I got the call, I think it took me back to uh, to 2016, my, my year when I graduated. And just remembering at that point, how almost impossible it felt like it was just to get to the finish line just to graduate you know yeah. because for me I I had to graduate in the summer because I was struggling with Spanish you know just all these little things adding up you know it, it just uh I forgot like, about that both of yeah. us were delayed because of uh foreign <laughs> languages oh my gosh yeah. I totally forgot that 100 percent. but you yeah. know I, I think that it's it's great to kind of think back to that and honestly I'd even look back to uh, my my semester when I was sports editor at the Lariat, when I was up there until 2 a.m. every single day, and then uh, because we were understaffed, and then I had to go to Spanish every day, five days a week at 8 a.m. Yeah. And just how impossible that felt at that yeah. time. You know, it's it's amazing to kind of look back and realize that, um, you know, first of all, I got through it. You know, I, I did it. I did the work. I, I graduated, um, you know, from the place that I always have to graduate from. And, uh, and, you know, it's been amazing to kind of see since that, you know, how quickly things have kind of come together for me. And, you know, it's, it's really special to me. It's, it's been cool because as a Baylor graduate, I've had the opportunity to cover Baylor for three of the four football seasons that I've done uh, since I've left Baylor and or four or five I, I can't even keep track at this point but um you know so so for me like Baylor's always been sort of very central in my work you know I, I got an internship at the Dallas Morning News because of my work covering Baylor football I you know got connections where I was able to intern other places because of my work at Baylor and and one of the things too that uh you know you hear about but you don't necessarily get to understand until you 
do with them in practice is that Baylor network, that Baylor community, you know, getting to know people uh, who are Baylor graduates who help you along the way. And, and I think for me, you know, again, just to have an honor like this only a couple of years after graduating from Baylor, um, you know, it's, I, I think it's always special to be honored, but I think it's extra special to be honored by people that you consider your family. And, and I think for me, you know, for people to, to kind of take the time to recognize what I've done, uh, you know, just a couple of years after graduating, I, I think that's really special to me. Yeah. Our, our applicant pool was, uh, was a great pool this year. And our class is, is truly, truly that, that best of the best. Uh, I've heard from some members of the program committee that this was one of the most challenging uh, years to select uh, some of these awards because we had such a strong pool and, you know, you, unfortunately you can't give one to everybody. So uh, going back to your time at Baylor, uh, when you were there, uh, I assume it wasn't your Spanish teacher, uh, but who, who would you say were some of those people that mentored you, who guided you uh, and who inspired you along the way to, you know, as we both know, it's, it's hard to stay up at the Lariat until not only print deadline, but, you know, website upload and uh, anything else that's coming in on the, the digital side uh, to edit the podcast. I remember how long you'd be up there for that. Uh, you know, what kept you going? What, what kept you committed to seeing through to the end? And who were those people who helped you uh, along the way? You know, I think for someone like me, I mean, I won't lie. I, I wasn't always the easiest student because I always was kind of, I always wanted more, right? I always wanted to learn more. I always wanted more feedback. I always, uh, you know, I wasn't always, I'm sure, the easiest student to have. And I think for me, the thing that I always valued were those professors who, you know, you kind of felt like took you seriously, right? The, the ones who kind mm, of, you yeah. feel like, acknowledged what you wanted, you know, because I know that sometimes, I mean, sometimes I'm sure it can come off as as me feeling like I'm, like, I don't find value in this, right? When really, it's so much that I just wanted to get better. I wanted to be taken seriously. I wanted to be treated like a professional journalist. And, you know, one of those professors for me was my law and ethics professor, uh, Eric Eckers, who, you know, he had been a journalist for a long time, uh, working up in Missouri. And, and I think for me, you know, it was just great for me to be around somebody who, again, I just felt like took me seriously, who challenged me, um, you know, not just as a student, but also outside of the classroom as well. Um, you know, and I think for me, you know, just to have those kinds of people who, who pushed you, I think that that was always something that, that I valued. And, you know, I think for me too, like, I also have to look to, to some of the people when I was at Baylor who, who helped me outside. And so like, I look to my editors who are at the Dallas morning news, for example, and, you know, to get to work with a professional organization because of what I was able to do at Baylor and, and to, you know, be recommended for that because of what I had done at Baylor. I think that was really valuable for me to, to both kind of have a foot in the classroom where I was getting great feedback there and also get some feedback from some people on the outside who, who were kind of like, look, you, have the potential to do this. You have the ability to do this. And, and I think that, you know, along with that, getting to engage with the alumni base too, I think was really cool for me too during my time at Baylor because, you know, when you work at the school newspaper, you don't always necessarily think that people are going to care, right? Especially outside of the classroom. Yeah. I think it was really cool for me to get to hear from some outside Baylor alumni, you know, who valued my work and were kind of rooting for me along the way. Yeah. And then who have been some of those mentors, uh, some of those guides 
uh, along the way since graduating. Have you maintained any of those relationships uh, here at Baylor? Yeah, I, I think that I definitely have maintained a lot of relationships, especially with some of the people who I worked with at the Lariat. Obviously, Jonathan, you being one of them, um, you know, I think that that's uh, that your friendship has been really valuable to me. Um, and yeah, I mean, Professor Eckert as well, you know, as somebody who I, I probably need to follow up with the pandemic's been a tough time, obviously, but, uh, but is definitely somebody that I value. The other people that I, I, I talk about are, you know, some of the people in the Baylor athletic department, um, you know, especially some of the sports information directors. I think I've had a really good relationship with all those people there. Uh, people like, you know, I think back to when I first started covering sports, um, you know, the first sport that I covered was volleyball. That was why it was really cool for me to get to, to write a big feature story for Baylor Live magazine on the volleyball program. I didn't realize that. That's yeah. so cool. Yeah. First one that I ever covered. And so I guess I always just assumed that it was basketball. No. Well, just because, uh, just because the volleyball season comes before basketball. And so, oh, okay. 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 Yeah. And so, uh, so it was, it was fun for me because, um, so Kyle Robarts is the SID who at the time did volleyball. Um, he, he left Baylor for a while and then came back and I think he's doing some other sports now, but, but Kyle is somebody who I've had a relationship with for a while, you know, and, and other guys in that department, like David Kay has been there for a while. Obviously Cody Soto is a guy who both yeah. of us know who worked with us at the Lariat, which has been really cool. And actually thinking back to those volleyball, uh, covering volleyball too, it's been really cool too, because uh, the only reporters who were consistently there covering volleyball were me and actually a reporter for Baylor Bear Magazine, um, like a student reporter for them who worked with Jerry Hill, who's another person I'd love to mention. Um, And her name is Alexis Cubitt, and she actually works as a sports writer now at the Lubbock Avalanche Journal. So me and her have kept up a great relationship since then, too. So I think it's just been great for me to to be able to kind of make those relationships during my time at Baylor. And it's been really cool to see those kind of pay off during, uh, you know, sort of the year since. And actually, the thing that I'll mention is that Kyle does uh, does women's basketball now. So actually, Kyle was the one who we worked with on the Lauren Cox cover. So, you know, it's just been cool to kind of get to see those things grow and, and work out. That's that's so cool. Tell me about that cover. <laughs> so, yeah, well, obviously, picking a cover is the most important thing. Not the most important thing, but one of the most important things that we do at day. As, as an editor, I will tell you, it is, it is the thing that we have to get right, right. or the rest of the issue, uh, just no one will care. <laughs> well, and I'll tell you what, it is a very difficult task because there are so many deserving players and teams in this state, right? Yeah. I mean, with, with the football magazine, you know, we've picked, uh, during my time there, Sam Ellinger and Shane Bouchelle, obviously, um, based off of what they've done and also trying to look ahead and seeing, you know, what we project that they can do. And that's what makes, I think, our deal so hard is we get one of these a year for yeah. football and basketball. You know, we have to get it right. And I will tell you what, though, Baylor women's basketball made it really easy for us that year because they were fresh off of the national championship. Lauren Cox was back, you know, who obviously we projected to be one of the best players in the entire nation. And she obviously delivered on that. And so, <laughs> you know, for, for us, it was a, it was a cool opportunity. Um, and, and I'll tell you what, you know, from our standpoint, and I'll even point to the, the most recent one that we have, the, the men's cover too, that we just did, you know, we, we kind of like to spread the, well, we like to spread it around. We don't want to keep sort of focusing on one school, but, but I'll tell you what, when you have a player like Lauren Cox uh, and, and a program like Baylor women's basketball, 
uh, it kind of doesn't give you an option, right? And so it was really cool for us. You know, we got to come down. This was obviously, this was 2019. So pandemic was not an issue at that point. So we, we were able to come down. And, and actually, one of the things that I remember most was uh, it was me, it was the photographer, John Hamilton, and it was uh, my the basketball editor, Ishmael Johnson. And Ish kind of just came to me and was like, do you think that they take the trophy out? Do you think that they'd let us like use the trophy during the photo shoots? And I was like, let's see. And, and Kyle yeah. was great. He's like, let's go upstairs and get it. We brought it down. And, uh, and this was actually the first photo shoot that we had done for a basketball cover um, before we had just sort of done uh, images that we had had in the past. Okay. Uh, but this was the first one that we came down and came together and, and did a photo shoot on our own. And that was a really cool experience for us. And, and actually over the past year, one of the things that I've missed the most was, uh, was getting the chance to do photo shoots because our, our SMU and our Baylor covers, I, I love both of them. I thought they turned out great, but n- there's nothing like coming down and getting to go through the process of doing that. So, uh, so definitely that Lauren Cox one is always going to be a special one to me. Yeah. Yeah. If um, I know a lot of people listening to this will know about Dave Campbell, Texas football. Um, but if if I have not heard of it yet or didn't know that it was a magazine, I mean, you'll have a stellar website. So uh, if I didn't know it was a magazine and, or maybe I just didn't know that there were some Baylor uh, features in there, where could I go find one of those magazines? Yeah. So we release we're really known for our Dave Campbell's Texas football preview magazine. And that comes out about July, every single year. Uh, You can at that time from like July to mid August, you can find it at HEB. You can find it at Kroger. You can find it at Walmart. um, You can find it really on any bookshelf. Right. And so after that point though, you can go to texasfootball.com slash store and order it. And for Baylor fans, for anybody reading who's a Baylor fan in this, uh, we have a five-page Baylor football preview in, in every year on the magazine. I put it together. It's a lot of work. So, uh, you know, we obviously appreciate everybody who comes out and gets it. Um, and for the basketball magazine, that comes out, I believe, around October, maybe yeah. uh, early November. And uh, same deal. We have we have previews for both the men's and women's uh, teams. Obviously, if you are a fan of Lauren Cox or of the men's basketball team, um, you can still buy those issues. We have back copies of them at texasbasketball.com slash store. Uh, but yeah, they come out every year. We we do, we put all of our prints efforts really into one great football issue a year, one great basketball issue a year. And then we also have a recruiting magazine that we do as well. So we're not like a month to month sort of thing. We're one of those things. Like if, if people know like Phil Steele's uh, preview magazine, that, that's a football magazine. They just bring it out before the season, try to give you all the information that you need. That's what we do, but we are hyper-focused on the state of Texas. And the other thing that I'll mention, too, is that so many of these places are focused on the Power Five, the high level of football. We have previews all the way down from the University of Texas to junior college football. And so we're going top to bottom, again, all 47 schools. And if you're a high school football fan, I'd assume that you probably know a little bit about us by now. But we preview literally every single high school football team in the state of Texas from uh, that place. Uh, that plays public school football at least and we have a lot of private school previews as well so I mean it's it's fun to go through and kind of be like what town are you from you know and and find it in the magazine and see that we have like a capsule about it so yeah that's something that's always special for me so look if you went to high school in the state of uh, of Texas uh, you you have something there (laughs) do you know off the top of your head how many of those high schools are in there 
Yeah, it's something like 1,400 high schools. Oh, my um, gosh. Yeah. And wow. so, again, so from 2A to 6A public school, uh, you know, that's that's the 11-man high school that, that we cover. We also, again, have, have a number of private school ones, but we don't make as many guarantees about what we can sure. do with private school because it's kind of more based on what they volunteer to us. But, but if you're talking 6-man, 11-man, it doesn't matter. We've got a preview for it in the magazine. That's cool. So... Shahan, this is going to be a hard question uh, for you. Um, and, and I'm sure it's going to be a hard question uh, for any of our honorees. Uh, if you could sum up your Baylor story, uh, or I guess not sum it up, if you could tell me the coolest experience in your Baylor story, what's been the highlight? And this could be this could be when you were a student. This could be just being a Baylor alum, piece of the, the Baylor family, or a member of the Baylor family. If you could tell me the coolest story that you've had in your Baylor story, what would that story be? Well, I'm going to give you two. Okay, so one. I said one. I said I said one. You got to pick. No, I'm kidding. Okay, tell tell All both. Right, of right. One is while I was a student and is more work related, and one is not. So, okay. uh, so I'll split it up that way. Okay. So the first one, when I'm a student, uh, I have to think back to my sophomore year, my first year uh, as, as a member of the Lariat staff, uh, when I'm kind of first starting out. This is actually the last Baylor football game that I attended as a fan, okay? So what ended up happening was people might remember the obviously the ice bowl surrounding the 2013 uh, Baylor-Texas game that ended up deciding the Big 12 title. Well, what people might not remember is that Baylor played Kentucky in basketball the night before in Arlington at AT&T Stadium. So the whole deal with that is that whenever there's a national title game at a football stadium, um, they always try to have one game there in order to uh, basically try it out to see if they can kind of set things up correctly, go through the logistics so that they're not rushing to try to set it all up just in time for the Final Four, right? So Baylor played Kentucky men's basketball and women's basketball. They actually both played there. Uh, and this was, again, the day that everything froze over. It was impossible to get anywhere in the state of Texas. But I was not missing that, right? So we got in a car. There were four of us who got in a car. We drove up to Arlington. It took, I mean, again, that drive is usually 90 minutes. It took a good four hours probably to get up there. Wow. Yeah, because there were like snow banks. There were cars getting stuck. It was awful. I they actually were probably remember- going like 20 miles an hour the whole way. It was awful. It was awful. I remember we stopped at like a church's chicken when we got into Arlington because we hadn't eaten anything because we thought we'd be able to eat there potentially. But we got, I got out of the car and immediately slipped and fell because it was like, <laughs> it was awful. Uh, but we saw that Baylor pulled off the huge upset. Um, and we were like, we're not missing this Baylor, Texas game, which started at two 30 the next day. And my dad was like, you're not, you're not driving. You're not driving tonight. Um, so we we went to a hotel, we woke up at six in the morning, drove down to Waco, made it in time, was in line uh, two and a half hours before the game to get in so that we'd get good seats. And obviously, Baylor pulls off the, the Big 12 title against Texas. They closed down Floyd Casey Stadium. I, I think that that's a really cool memory for me. And the second one's much shorter, don't worry. Uh, when uh, when I graduated from, from Baylor, uh, I was dating a girl at the time who, um, you know, we'd gotten really close, but she was moving across the country. I was moving across the country. We, uh, we kind of just thought that things weren't going to work out for us. We got back together. And actually, um, when, when we did get back together, you know, things obviously went really great. And I came back to Baylor to the same porch swing that we had uh, kind of, I guess, fallen on, in love on. 
Uh, and, and that's where I proposed. So that was back in 2018. We got married in 2019 and, uh, and we lived happily ever after other than the pandemic. <laughs> other than the pandemic, didn't we all? That's too cute. And I see a picture of Barnaby and you back there. Yes, yes, yes. And, uh, hopefully you'll get a chance to, everyone will get a chance to see her uh, at the events as well. But yes. <laughs> Such a sweet story. That's too cute. Um, so you've you've had a lot of great success in your very you know short uh, beginning of your career. One of the things we really prioritize at Baylor Line Foundation, and it's such a priority to us that we've actually made it our slogan. Uh, we see our role as continuing the legacy of the Baylor family, and you're somebody who has continued that legacy, someone who has carried the torch and led with excellence. And so I wonder what has been the most challenging part of that? And then if you could, could you help the next generation with just a little bit of of wisdom, what you've learned from that challenge uh, to help the next generation continue both your legacy and their legacy and leave something even greater for the generation coming after them? You know, I think for me, one of the toughest things about this is, I guess, trying to do something that no one that I know has ever done before. You know, nobody in my family has been a sports writer before. My parents are uh, incredibly supportive. You know, they wanted me to try to follow my dreams. But, you know, this was something that I was flying blind into. There are things that they could have helped me with or that other people around us who I grew up with could have helped me with. But this was something that I really wanted to try and do on my own, you know, and and I wanted to try to see if I could do it. And, um, you know, one of the great things, and and I I have to mention, my my family uh, is Sri Lankan immigrants, right? So my family came to America in the 80s. And, and, you know, for, for them, I think that they always wanted us to be able to live the life that we wanted to live. And they didn't want us to sort of have to do anything to, to make them happy. They wanted us to be happy. And I think for me, you know, that's, that's such a blessing, but it's also such a responsibility, you know, to, to kind of figure out what you want and, and to really commit yourself to it. And I think for me, you, you know, I think that the hardest thing for me has sort of been reminding myself that I deserve to do this and that's, you know, we deserve to, to put what we want into what we love. And, and, you know, that it doesn't really matter sort of what your path is. The, the key is to follow the path that's right for you. And I think that that's what I'd say to anybody who, who's trying to further that is, you know, you must remember who you are, where you came from, who has helped you along the way. And you also have to make sure that you use that in order to further your own story. Don't try to be somebody else. Don't try to, to fit a box that you feel like you should be fitting based on, you know, what you think you should be. Follow the path that's right for you. And the people who love you and support you, and I, I include my family and I include the Baylor family in this too, you know, they will support you along the way. There are a lot of people out there who want to help you. And, and that's something I think that's been really cool about being in the sports industry is that it would be so easy for this industry to be just totally cutthroat, right? For everybody to just constantly be trying to undercut each other because of how competitive it is. But the thing that's been really cool for me since I've left is that, you know, the the 
people who are most talented in this industry are the people who want to help you most. And I think that that's a lesson that can be taken to so many industries and, and so many walks of life that, you know, people really do want to help you. And, and obviously, I think that getting to be in that environment at Baylor played such a role in me starting to realize that. And since I've left, those same people are the people who have really tried to push me along the way. Dude, that's just, that's just too good. You're, you're <laughs> so cool. I, I don't know if anybody else is going to get anything out of that at all, but I needed to hear that today. So <laughs> thank you. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad. <laughs> and now I'm going to kind of ruin the moment. Um, okay. <laughs> do you want to do some rapid fire questions? Let's do it. Let's okay. do it. Here are the rules. No thinking and short answers. Okay. So, you know, give me, give me the short answer. If you need to kind of like, you know, give a short backstory after the short answer, but sure. you got to give me the short answer. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Uh, first one. When the pressure is building, you know, when you're for us, you know, it might be when we're on deadline. Uh, when you can, for me, my like physical response to stress is like my shoulders roll up. When you feel whatever that physical response is and, you know, the world starts to seem uh, like the walls are closing in, what's that first thing that you do to try to get your feet back on the ground, get your head clear and do the next right thing? I think for me, activity is very important, you know, and I think that's been something that's been tough with the pandemic, obviously, but yeah. I, I either go on a walk or my real big one is I love playing basketball. That was, that was always my thing when I was at Baylor's, I would go to the slick and just shoot around uh, until the place closed. But I think that my short answer would be activity. Okay. That's cool. I, I can't shoot a basketball to save my life. <laughs> so that's not for me. Uh, but okay. Second question. Uh, what is something that people get wrong about you? people get wrong about me um I, I don't know I, I don't know if there's a good answer to that um I mean I think that maybe people a lot of people know me I guess through social media so maybe I, I don't know if people necessarily know how approachable I am you know that I think that sometimes people think that people who get into sports and in our journalists and sort of have a little bit of a following you know that they really sort of hold themselves a certain way but I don't feel any different than I did when I was a sophomore starting at the Baylor newspaper. And, and I really want people to know that, um, you know, my, my email signature, my emails in my Twitter bio for a reason, my DMS are open for a reason. You know, I love it when people reach out to me and, uh, and it's never, ever a bother to, to have a conversation with someone. Yeah. So, okay. Totally unrelated to that one. Um, what TV shows are y'all into right now? Are you binging anything on Netflix? You know, are, like any anything on Disney Plus? Like, what's what's y'all's show right now? Yeah, well, well, I know that uh, for the both of us, we're we're big fans of The Mandalorian, which I'm sure that we need to talk about <sighs> at some point. But uh, the one that we just finished is we just watched Lupin on Netflix. Um, it was really good. So it's basically the premise is it's like a gentleman burglar type show. Okay, um, but it's actually a French show, and it's based on. So basically, there's this French sort of, uh, you know, burglar named Arsene Lupin. And, um, and this is somebody who read the book about him and basically was inspired. And now he's trying to, like, solve what happened to his father sort of thing. It's, it's kind of hard to explain. It's only five episodes, but it's really, really good. And, and I enjoyed it. Yeah, very cool. 
when um, when you go to bed tonight, what's on your nightstand? <laughs> um, I usually have a book. Uh, what I, are you I'm reading right to, now? Right now, I'm reading. Uh, what's it called? It's called uh, Bear Town. It's it's a book actually that uh, that Amy Paget, who I believe is with the uh, Baylor Lion Foundation, that yeah. she actually recommended to me. So basically, the premise is it's. Uh, I think it's actually like a Swedish book um, okay. that's been translated. Um, it's about a town that just completely gets up for its minor league hockey team, basically, or like junior hockey team, I guess. And mm-hmm. um, and I, it's basically meant to tell the story of like a town that invests everything and everything. And then I think that there's sort of a tragedy involving the, the team and how does the town reckon with this thing that it loves with this horrible thing that happened, right? And so I'm, I'm still very uh, on the short end into it, but, um, but I've heard very good things. Cool. Very cool. And the other, the, I guess the other stuff on my nightstand, I do keep my phone on my nightstand. I, I also try to keep my iPad on my nightstand because I'm trying to, like, put the phone away and, and just, like, read articles on the iPad and yeah. on my phone. But obviously, I mean, look, I... I uh, I'm a reporter. I'm I'm constantly on, so that's something that I'm trying to train myself out. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. So, what um, what's some advice somebody gave you that you'll never ever forget? Whew, advice that someone gave me that I never ever forget. I guess um, it doesn't have to be like you know a, a quote that you remember exactly, um, but it could be a quote that you just heard. You know, maybe <laughs> something from John Maxwell or something, but. Um, you know, maybe something that you learned from somebody, something that was imparted to you through actions. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I think that's one of the things that I, that I really, um, have been thinking a lot. Uh, so I lost my grandfather in the past year, uh, my mom's mother. And, you know, I, I think that it's one of those things where you don't realize how much somebody impacted you until they're gone. You know, you kind of just take that for granted in some ways. And, I think that's one of the things um, that I've been thinking and, and it's sort of advice and it's sort of just how I guess I've been raised that I never thought about was, um, you know, it was, it's very important to me because of, I think him to treat everybody the, the same way. You know, I, I think that sometimes people are so, uh, so focused on trying to impress the right people that we forget about the other people. We forget that, you know, um, that every single person is sort of the the hero of their own story. And, yeah. you know, we, we sort of think of things in terms of, uh, we sometimes treat re- relationships very transactionally. And I'll tell you what, I mean, I so many, so many of the things, the good things that have happened to me in my life have been just because I treated someone the right way who I didn't need to treat the right way. You know, I, I think that, uh, you, you know, just to, to go on a quick story, you know, I, I have a friend named Brandon Whelan who, you know, whenever we started interning at the Dallas Morning News together, we, you know, we were just friends. I, I didn't think anything of it. I didn't think anything transactional of it, but he helped connect me with my first job. You know, that's that's the sort of thing that I didn't become friends with him so that he'd do that, but because I just treated him the right way, he wanted to do that for me. And I think that, you know, we're such driven people, and especially, you know, people our age, we we are very driven. We want to achieve things. We want to accomplish things. But I think that when we lose sight of treating people the right way, regardless of whether they can help you or not in that moment, I, I think that we're really losing something. Yeah. If you could, you know, we've, we've been about, what is it, like 11 months in not being able to go anywhere. Uh, if y'all could 
get rid of COVID money snow object, where would y'all go right now? <laughs> well, my, my short-term answer is I would go straight to the basketball court. I haven't played since before, <laughs> uh, since before COVID started, unfortunately. I guess it's, yeah, it's been like 11 months at this point since I've shot a basketball. So I'm sure that we're probably shooting a basketball at about the same rate right now. But uh, I don't uh, know about that. You've never <laughs> seen me shoot a basketball. <laughs> No, the the other place that I would really love to go is um, literally right as COVID started, we were scheduling a trip to go to India to meet um, my my wife's family. You know, a lot of them lives uh, in India. Thankfully, you know, her parents live in America, so we, we've been there several times. But, um, you know, I've never met her grandparents. I've never met some of her extended family. So we were looking forward to that a lot. And we were going to stop in London along the way to see some of my family. So, yeah, we're, we're ready to, to go and get it, honestly. So your answer of, of where you would go is just around the world, but after the basketball court. That's a very <laughs> Shahan answer. Yeah, that's, that is that's a very Shahan answer. That's the first trip. <laughs> so, okay, so what is your favorite meal? My favorite meal? Oh, boy. <laughs> These are harder than, than you think they should be. Right? I know. I know. And I, and I try to keep them, like... You know, one is deep, one is fun, one is deep, one is fun. Because, you know, you do too many fun in a row, and then you go into this, you know, deep cavern, and you're like, oh, it's crazy. So, so favorite meal, it could be anything. It could, it could even be just a type of food, you know, Mexican food or something <laughs> like that. Well, I think, uh, so I have to preface this with my wife is a vegetarian, so we mostly eat vegetarian food at home. Uh, that said, I, I think that there's nothing better than Texas barbecue. I love going oh. and getting some brisket. You don't like it? You, no, you're not what are you talking about? It's the thing that I need in my life most. Okay, I, good, good. No, that no, was I, not that was not a grunt of 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 pain. It, it was, was a grunt good. of loss of not having <laughs> Texas barbecue right yes. now. Okay, I'm I'm adding this one. Um, what's the best barbecue place in Waco? Oh man. Okay, so. I haven't done enough of the, I, I don't know if I've done enough of the, the Waco spots. I think that I went the deep to, dives. Okay. Okay. So the, okay. Then, then broader question, where are you going for that Texas barbecue? Yeah. The, the place to go is, uh, is a place in Fort Worth called Heim barbecue. That's uh that's one of the best places I've ever been to TCU. People talk it up a lot. Uh, you know, so I, I will say that there was a point where the, the owner wasn't super friendly to Baylor fans, but I think it's over <laughs> it now, uh, but it's fantastic food, great people over there. And, um, and whenever I, I make a trip to go to Fort Worth in order to, to do anything with TCU, it's always a stop. Very cool. Very cool. Last question, Strahan. What are you deeply grateful for right now? I, I think that these moments have made me realize how deeply grateful I am for my family and, and just the support that they've been able to give during this time. You know, I, I wouldn't be able to, to do this. You know, I wouldn't be able to be in sports writing if not for them. You know, first of all, because of their support and, um, and having that has been everything, of course. And, and also, you know, even, even financially, obviously, you know, they've made sacrifices so that I was able to do this. And there were summers where, where I'd work for free because that's kind of what you have to do when you start out in journalism, which is a whole other topic. But, yeah. uh, but you know, they made it possible for me. And, you know, it's been amazing for me now in this past year and a half since I've been married to, to kind of get to expand that family and, and have Bargavi and have, you know, my, my in-laws and, and all of their family. So I think... You know, and, and to take this back a little bit to, to my grandpa's passing, you know, when, when it kind of came to the end of it, right, when when we're having the funeral, when we're, you know, putting him in the ground, it, it kind of really struck me in that moment of how at the end of it, that's what you have left. You know, that's what you have left are the people that you were around, the people that you loved and the love that you gave them. And so I think for me, 
you know, having that and hopefully being able to give some of that to them. You know, I, I think that's been something that uh, during this time I've be- become deeply grateful for. It's a truly, truly special thing to be grateful for. Shahan, thank you so much for spending this time with us. Thank you so much for, for the wisdom uh, and the stories and the laughs. I'm Jonathan Platt, and you've been listening to Direct Line Conversations, the podcast, brought to you by Baylor Line Foundation. You can follow us on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook. And if you haven't, hop on over to wherever you're listening to this and follow, leave a rating, and a review. It really does help. Join me next week for another Direct Line Conversation. Thanks for listening.